0: and load this is steve dace the steve day show
1: and greetings happy tuesday thanks for joining us here today merry christmas to all of you here on the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, 888-933-93 is the number to the Blaze, 888 933 You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email us, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Well, you can you can try to, anyway. If you're if you're if you want to test your perseverance, try liking us on Facebook. It's a true uh, test of the perseverance of the saints. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. For those of you listening today via Blaze TV and podcast, the last name is D E A C E. And by the way, if you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us one of those five star reviews, because the more of those we get, the more people like you we find, the more likely we are to get to continue to do this for a living. And I think. We all, we all need more of this show in our lives. At least I know that we do because we've got bills to pay. You know, Aaron's got, you know, plans. Todd's got plans. I've got plans. We, we, it's we, true. And, and romance without finance is a, is a damn nuisance. Amen? Man. Amen. Amen. So keep those five-star reviews coming. By the way, speaking of finance, if you have been straddling the fence about whether or not to jump on board and subscribe to us here at blaze tv you know we do that overtime every single day this is a bonus episode exclusively for blaze tv subscribers and there's other content we produce here every day at blaze tv exclusively for our subscribers as well that you're missing out on well right now just in time for christmas to either treat yourself or another discerning patriot in your life is a phenomenal offer you can subscribe today and get 30 day of a, a 30 day free trial With your subscription, and if you hang around after the free trial, they'll give you $20 off of your annual subscription price. $20 off your annual subscription price right now when you go to blazetv.com slash dace, blazetv.com slash dace, but you must use the promo code STEVE20OFF. All right, to get that $20 off your annual subscription to Blaze TV. Steve 20 off is the promo code at blazetv.com slash dace. Coming up here today at the bottom of the hour, we're going to play some fake news or not. But this time around, they're gonna put me um, uh, they're going to put me in the judgment seat to decide what is fake news or not. And I'd like to tell you it's because we thought it would be clever to turn the tables on me. But it's really just because I forgot to grab the clips last night and Aaron had to step in and have my back. For once. Just, just yeah, for once. For once he didn't leave me hanging out there. The the Aaron way is right before we go on the air and say, Hey, did you ever send me those clips? That's typically how Aaron rolls around here. But for once, it's a Christmas miracle. My producer actually covered my backside. I believe this is the first time, correct, Todd? It might be. And, and therefore, you know, the next nine times he leaves me hanging out to dry, he's going to bring this up. Hey, remember there was that one time. I
0: think that's the buried lead of all this. Yes, it's yes. What's there, coming.
1: Yes, there was that one time that, uh, that I bailed you out. Well, there was that one time, indeed. And the next hour, it's Pop Culture Tuesday, and there's a little movie coming out in a couple of days. So we are going to spend our time. Well, Todd will be kvetching. The rest of us will spend our time analyzing and predicting what we think will occur with what is allegedly we shall see. Uh, the end of the Skywalker uh, Skywalker saga and what could very well be the final bow on the greatest pop culture phenomenon in American history. So we'll get to that coming up next hour as well. But before we get to all of those things, here's Aaron's rundown of
2: what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Christmas shopping. By Congress. Congress apparently struck a deal for a $1.4 trillion spending plan for the government through fiscal year 2020, nearly half of which will go to the Defense Department. The bill, announced yesterday, is over 2,000 pages long and will be voted upon today. Part of the bill includes a new law raising the federal age to buy tobacco products from 18 to 21 years old. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Carly Fiorina. Who? Carly Fiorina says she's in favor of impeachment. I think it is vital that he be impeached. Will President Trump get your vote in 2020? Honestly, it depends who the Democrats put up, and I won't go any further than that. President Trump shared this video of Richard Jewell yesterday. One year ago today, the FBI and the media joined together to launch an attack on me of unparalleled proportion In the history of this nation. An attack calculated to portray me to the world as some type of abnormal person with a bizarre employment history who was guilty of the Centennial Olympic Park bombing. Jewel is the subject of a new movie about how he was framed by the FBI and the media for a bombing plot decades ago. Former President Barack Obama had some interesting comments about women during a recent event of his, quote, I'm absolutely confident that for two years, if every nation on earth was run by women, you would see a significant improvement across the board on just about everything, living standards and outcomes. Huffington Post op-ed, I'm choosing not to have kids because I care about the environment. Vox Media is firing hundreds of freelance writers due to California's new gig economy law. The law was intended to force companies to treat freelancers more like full-time employees by giving them benefits and better wages. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You has reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time since 1994. So that's something. And finally, Fleckis Talks went to the University of Southern California and asked students there to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. You guys all know the Pledge of Allegiance? Yes. Yeah? You all sound pretty common? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Um, all right, let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. I
0: pledge allegiance to the United to the flag <laughs> of the United, the United <laughs> States of America and, and to the Republic for which, which it stands,
1: one, one nation under God, individual, with liberty, and liberty and just justice for all.
2: all. I pledge allegiance to the flag. The United States of America under God. Yeah, no. One nation under God. I would last forever, the last wife.
0: I pledge allegiance to America. And what's the next one? Give me a hint. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States Republic.
2: And that's what happened while we were away. You know, in all. Do respect the United States of Republica is kind of a cooler name than the United States of America?
1: That is one of your elite private institutions in America, the University of Southern California. So renowned that celebrities risked prison in order to concoct a scam to bribe their own children into the school so that they would have the ability to to earn, to get a diploma from such a prestigious institution. And this is where the American left looks at a clip like that and says, mission accomplished. So let's get to uh, the rest of the montage. Um, I have just one question about this particular issue. Because I'm, I'm, you know me, man, I got to know, I got to know stuff. Okay. What is this obsession with raising the tobacco age? Now, I loathe smoking. All right. I loathe it. I hate it. I don't let it in my home. Okay. I mean, I can't stand being around it. I'm asthmatic. That's part of it. I can't stand the smell of it. I don't like anything about it. I still wake up sometimes at night. Uh, One of the few things I remember about my college years is the few times I went to class. The wintertime, you know, you found that kid smoking the Marlboro Reds, which are like the cigarettes they make that come right from like the Depaco Distillery. They're like the hundred-proof cigarettes. The kid smoking the Marlboro Reds outside of the 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 building where the class was, and just what that smelled like. And then when you get into the class, like this, it was just overwhelming. I can't stand it. Okay, so I, I say this as someone that has no particular uh, infatuation, interest in this product, whatsoever. All right. That all said, what is this obsession with raising the tobacco age? Can, and, and I asked this, I just want to know what, what do they think they're doing? What do they think they're accomplishing? Is there a serious, non snarky answer to that question? Okay, so we'll just move on. Um, Barack Obama doesn't mean that. He, he doesn't, doesn't mean that at all. In the end, you know a tree by its fruit. Faith without works is dead, both in the New Testament and in the progressive one. All right? This is a guy that held high office in this country for a decade between his U.S. Senate seat and two terms in the White House. More than a decade. He could have surrendered those seats to opportunities to women, but he didn't. How many women were running are currently still running in the Democratic presidential field? He hasn't endorsed and supported any of them. He doesn't believe that. He may even feel as if that he does. But that statement to me, and I love to do this with Aaron's montage, Take stories that maybe you don't think when he's going down the line are tied together. But really connect the dots and point out to you that they truly are. That story is absolutely tied together with the story of what happened to the Vox yep. independent contractors in California. Okay? These people don't believe these things. They they don't. They They don't they believe in they may they may think they do on a, on a on a on a on a certain level right i'm sure in the in the in the demonic progressive um, bastardization upside down version of the gospel you know, Jesus talks in Matthew, you know, the seed comes for a little while and it, right? it, it, it can be scattered. And for a while it can look like someone has had a conversion and then when the waves hit against the rocks and the tough times come and they will, right? Stuff like yes. that, right? Same thing happens here. Same thing happens here. They may feel these things. They may want to even believe them. And they, they certainly want to impose them on you of that... There is zero doubt. They they love imposing these things on you while exempting themselves from them. Okay, but in the end, when forced to confront and live with the realities, it just doesn't happen often enough. But when forced to confront and live with the realities of that they're ad, they're advocating, they go all suddenly they turtle on you and they go all Bartleby the Scrivener. I would prefer not to. Right. What a great injustice. These companies don't want to pay benefits with independent contractors trying to skirt the IRS and everything else and pay, not pay taxes and payroll and, and not pay health benefits and get around the Obama and Obamacare regs. Right. Right. That all sounds great. I mean, how many columns do you think independent? contractors over at Vox a place like Vox wrote about that grave injustice while at wearing, least one. While wearing <laughs> at least one while wearing their Bernie Sanders shirt and today courtesy of their own valhalla all right this is this is um uh, i mean this is friendly fire um courtesy of their own valhalla out there in California they're all now out of jobs they don't have gigs they're out because California closed that loophole. You can't do that anymore with independent contractors. So Vox can't, in a real world, can't afford to pay all those employee bene- all these employees' benefits. Just simply can't do it. Can't afford it. And so Vox said to all you folks that wrote those columns all those years, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And the real world... Wins again. The real world wins again. Like the clip that broke me last week. What, you mean I have to play? I, I, I've got I've to pay for this free healthcare? Yeah. Okay, you mean I got I to pay for this? It, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, it's going to cost one fifth of your earnings next year out of your own pocket. Your thoughts? Well, on second thought, I don't know. Yes, when you have to live with the consequences of these things, they're not for this. And so Barack Obama, similarly, is is like a Vox, his presidency was like a Vox construct. Like if it if it was incarnate, incarnated, if it came to life. At least those were the speeches that he gave. But in the end, he's just a black Eric Swellwell. He can talk all he wants about opportunities for women. Remember Eric Swellwell kept giving those speeches when he was running for president, right? Is, he, he didn't step aside and endorse one of those women, did he? Well, you missed the
0: headline yesterday where Barack Obama came out as a woman. So now this is all true. <laughs>
1: oh, dang it! Todd. Nice. Um, he didn't. Eric Swalwell still has a seat in the United States Congress, right? We've still got another member of the white heteronormative patriarchy sitting there with only one of those exclusive four hundred and thirty-five seats in the U.S. Congress, right? And he represents a district in California. You mean to tell me in a in a in a in a progressive Valhalla like California, there's not a woman of color that could not adequately, uh, you know, uh, attain representation there and represent that district capably? It has to be represented by a white male. Well, there's one, but she was having sex with uh, one of her staffers. So, well, there's that. Okay, um, but Barack Obama doesn't mean that. He's had ample opportunities throughout his career to step aside for women, and he didn't. He could endorse women right now. He beat Hillary and he Clinton. He beat Hillary Clinton. Thank you for pointing that out, Todd. He beat her for the presidency. When it was her time. When it was her time, yes. He doesn't believe this stuff. They don't believe this stuff. They don't. Okay? They they believe in it when, when the virtue signaling uh, tickles their ears and rubs their bellies that they get on social media. That's when they believe in it. And the uh, adoring throngs of clapping seals... Right? they That's when they believe in it. And when they can use the coercive power of, of government to impose such will on people like you and me, they believe in it. But when they are forced to live this themselves, I would prefer not to. And I'm never going to pass up an opportunity to point this out. Because there's no excuse to be losing your culture to these people. There's, there's just none, so I go back. Question we got yesterday, and they ask me anything. Mm-hmm. How much? How much evil do we have to take? What was my answer? As much as you are willing to tolerate. That's how much. You guys have any thoughts on that?
0: This is actually one of the most compelling reasons, believe it or not, to not vote for Trump. In my personal experience, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but the, when I get in conversations about this very thing, people always want to come back at me and say, oh, look at what you justify uh, with Donald Trump I, 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 because they assume I voted for him. I "I didn't vote for him. It drives them nuts. It, it, it really, have you had this person? It <laughs> yes, drives yeah. them nuts. that what do, you, I w- what
1: do you mean you will not what do you mean you will not have your own shibboleth that nope. I could easily nope. whip you with nope. so that you can't point out how hypocritical yeah. I am, right? You, when you can remove Trump completely? No, this is just me
0: slapping you around because you suck at this. That's man, all this
2: is. Man, I think that might have just... Well, first of all, you took the words out of my mouth about uh, Swalwell or Barack Obama being a transgender. I was going to make that joke. and then secondly, you are you are speaking my language right here. You might have just convinced me, I don't care what happens between now and next November... You might have just convinced me not to, to vote for Trump because of this. Not because of anything Trump did or did not do. Right. Just because – You're I, free. I'm, I, I'm not going to let you make a straw man out of uh, one little oval that I filled in on one day. I'm not going to let you make a straw man out of that. I, I mean that there is – like you said, it is freeing. It's uh, free at last, Free free at last. I mean that is – that's that's some good stuff, right?
1: there. Well, you know, the other part of what you guys are talking about is that the if the rate this thing is trending right now, he's not going to need you guys' votes. All right, I mean, I, that's the, true. I, so, so you have to. You also have to sweat out. Like, well, do I just sit here and do nothing? You know, it's like I, 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 If you are one of those conservatives who didn't vote for Trump, I got emails from lots of you over the last few years, and one of the things that's often come up with was stuff like, "Well, I live in Texas." I, I live in uh, Oklahoma. He was never going to lose. So this was an easy choice for me to make. If I lived in a state like a swing state like yours in Iowa or Ohio or Florida or Virginia, uh, which I'm not sure is a swing state anymore, but it uh, has traditionally been the last several cycles, it might be a more difficult choice to make, right? OK? Yeah. But if you guys are want to go down that road, I've just determined I'm, I'm, I'm making up my mind at the absolute last possible minute. So if you guys want to go down that road, though, the way this thing is trending, I don't, I don't think he's going to need you guys' help because this is, I mean, they're upside down in the real clear politics polling average on impeachment right now. Okay. I mean, and, and what's bad about this, what's bad about that trend line is that the more exposed to the impeachment process, that's, it's, that's the problem. It's the, it's not the number, it's the trend line. That's the issue okay that the because people could be against it for it's it, it's one of the things we're too utilitarian in in conservatism and you know it's, it's like our mantra is is what is what fdr once said about mussolini he makes the trains run on time and that was his excuse for looking the other way as, as fascism was arising in italy okay um we're too big on what's the bottom line result all we care about is the results no 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 in any successful endeavor, whether it's a ministry, an industry, it's really about I mean, the greatest coach of all time in college football. What is his line? What is his mantra? Trust the what? Process. Trust the process. Yeah. All right. Meaning for me, as a, hand, as, a as a as a guy who handicaps elections and sport and, and sporting events, I can sometimes get the right outcome from a terrible process. And it worked for me this time, but if I continue that process later on, it will wreck me the next five or six times in a row. On the other hand, I might have had the right process, but just something quirky happened that gave me a different outcome. But if I keep following that right process, eventually I'm going to be correct more times than not, right? Mm -hmm. Trust the process. We're too utilitarian on the right. So it's just about the outcome, okay? Not always. I mean, that's the ultimate judge. I agree. That is the ultimate judge. But you got to be able to show your work. How did you get to that point? And so you could you could have people that just, like, because you're also seeing the president's approval rating is going up, and I don't count Rasmussen. Um, I, the president's approval rating is going up at the same time. That's really bad news for the Democrats. Because what it tells you is, like, you could have people that don't like the president. Like, his approval ratings could stay where they're at, which haven't been good, and or even keep going lower. and And still, the impeachment is unpopular because people are like, why are we doing this now? We have an election next year. Why? There's stuff, other stuff you could be doing. The country needs this done and that done and that done. You're wasting our time with this partisan scam. Why don't we just have an election next year and we'll vote them out ourselves. In the meantime, govern, right? Okay? But that's not what's happening here. What's happening is the, the president's approval rating is rising and the popularity of impeachment is declining the more exposed to the impeachment process people are getting. That's a bad bad trend line you have a story out from 538 today one of my buddies sent me that i had missed so thank you if you're watching sam what the story out from 538 is they're tracking what's going on in in the iowa caucuses for democrats and they're saying all of these candidates are way behind the ground game that like an obama had in 2008 and they just don't see the energy on the ground and i don't know what you guys see i mean we're we're not you know we're not democrats so we're not the target audience but even in driving around my suburb and stuff where I live, there's like three signs in the entire neighborhood. I don't sense a lot of energy at all. Do you sense it at all?
0: Well, there's energy, but it's not there. It's like they bypass the normal way of governing by going to the courts. It, it, all their energy is in things like we just got pointed out with silly Vox. It's, it's, they, they don't know how to... Do politics as usual anymore because they've forsaken it. So yeah, I think it makes sense that sooner or later, even with all this Trump media, perhaps because of this Trump mania, they just can't do the grown-up things that grown-ups used to do, even if they were progressives.
1: You talk to more uh, because of your age. You would talk to some people that are the target demo for these Democratic presidential candidates. Aaron, are we wrong, or is there more buzz out there? We just don't see it because of the circles that that you know maybe I run in
2: more buzz as far as the uh,
1: excitement, excitement buzz about these candidates okay. not I mean I even not, see I even see pictures of events and they're doing stuff at bowling alleys that like 150 200 people come to yeah. that's nothing yeah. by the way
2: I I actually what's really weird is that I saw more like last month I saw more on the ground activity last month like in person just out and about yep. than I have this month so it's kind of it's kind of odd in that respect but I no, would... it's not odd. It actually kind of plays into what we're talking about right yeah. here. What wasn't going on
1: last month? Uh, the impeachment. Hearings. What is going? What's been going on in the, in the past month? Impeachment hearing. And well, so it's just it's sucking all of the oxygen yes, out of point. the room. Is that what you were trying to say? That's exactly. There, it, there's a, there's a video going around today. Major Garrett, who's the chief White House correspondent for um, uh, for CBS News, and he's worked at Fox, US News, or World Report. He's been around for years, and uh, and he's he's doing like a podcast with three of their campaign beat reporters that are here with candidates in Iowa and in and in, in the other early states, and and, and all three of them are telling him. No one, no one we go to and on the ground in these early states is asking us about this impeachment. This is strictly an affair for those of you in Washington that care about yeah, this. Yeah,
0: there's there's a Democrat now who's threatening to. He's actually threatening the Trump and the Republicans with with holding the impeachment vote until the Senate gets their act together and promises the world that they're the ones who are going to be objective. Right. So now they're, they're threatening to not go forward with it again. That's the level of mania and obsession they have in this. When you're doing that, you cannot ultimately end up dotting the I's and cross the T's that we've come to expect. It's you a, won't.
1: It's, it's a gift to the Republicans because they don't want to govern. They, they don't want to, they, they they're, they're not, they don't want to fight on any issues. You care about that. You see that in this spending bill. They want to surrender on them all. Um, And I mean, we're going to have more funding for Afghanistan's border uh, control than you're going to have for your own borders here in the U.S., and in, in, as this spending bill is currently constructed and by billions of dollars, by the way. Um, and, and so they don't they, the Republicans don't want to fight. They haven't really wanted to fight all along. That's just not how they are. And we all know that they that's why they earned the name Surrender Caucus long before Donald Trump came down that escalator at Trump Tower that day. Um, and so this impeachment is a gift to them. It's an absolute gift to them because it gives them a chance to 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 rile up their base with partisan rancor without being asked to deliver on yep. any policy whatsoever. And the Democrats are just completely stymied by feeling like they have to see this thing through, or they risk alienating their base. And so all of the oxygen is being is being sucked out of the room. And it's a it's a meme war that that's really uh, what it it's is. The
0: Jesse Kelly yin yang thing you mentioned yesterday. Yes.
1: Yeah, and so the, th- this is the perfect out for Republicans. They're not going to be expected to deliver on anything. Conservative media is is totally and completely obsessed with a po- with a process that is going absolutely nowhere and is a complete and total joke. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I know, I, I know, there's a good portion of you that feel like he betrayed you, and so you're not paying attention to him any anymore. Um, but I think I would challenge you: go watch, go go on if you're if you have a Twitter account. Go read what Justin Amash is posting about why he's in favor of Trump's of Trump's impeachment. Now I don't agree with him. Okay, that's not the point though. Go read the reasoning and the explanations Justin Amash gives, and then compare it to the stuff Adam Schiff goes on cable news and says. Compare it to the stuff that gets testified to in the Nadler committee. This is, I, I mean, it's it's it it's this is this is the junior varsity team, man, and and so you wonder if they're maybe not even serious about wanting to remove him from office and they just feel like they have to check this box for their base. But the problem is they're sucking all of the oxygen out of the room at the exact same time. And, and this goes back to what I observed, you know, going head to mano a mano with Trump on the cruise campaign. And you guys have heard me say this for years on his own. Donald Trump is, is, is a massive liability. He repels people with his persona. But if you, what have I always said though? That in addition to that, what if you give him a what? Foil. Oh, and this is a this is this is the mother of foils. I this is this is this is a foil that you know if he he, if he had gone if if you know whatever God he believes in, uh, if if he had prayed and asked him, this is the foil I want. It's it's the perfect perfect foil. I mean you can just sit up there and point out Jerry Nadler is a hypocrite from 20 years ago every single day, all right? Adam Adam Schiff is we've talked about this before. It's like if if conservative media went into a you know, made a deal with a, a witch's coven to say, "Hey, we need for you guys to construct us the perfect foil for us to rally people against Adam Schiff." Like checks every single one of those boxes, does he not? I mean, have you guys seen a picture of Schiff out there with Jeffrey Epstein? Have you guys seen that photo yet? No. Oh yeah. That photo's out there now too. Wow. Okay. I mean, the guy. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better enemy. You could not ask for a better one. And uh, th- it's this is this is the mother of all foils. If if I am if I am the Trump White House man, I want this going all the way to the first Tuesday in November. I I I don't I don't I don't want McConnell to. to this is where I do a rare strategic disagreement with our friend Daniel Horowitz, and him and I will discuss this tomorrow. And I think it's because. He earnestly wants to put them in a position where they have nothing to do but policy. I don't believe you can put the Republican Party in that position. They're never doing it. The, the policy they'll do is right back to where we started this conversation. Raise the smoking age. That's what they'll do. You, you'll never force the Republican Party in a position where they have to do the stuff you want them to do. They're never doing it. They don't agree with you. That's why you need a new party. So if I'm the Trump White House, I, I actually want this thing going, you, you, maybe, you know, maybe like the, stop it like this on a, the Sunday or Monday right before the election you th- this can't go on long enough if i'm if I'm on trump 2020 I, this is the perfect arrangement I get to rally my base as the as the right-wing hero and deliver on nothing that they actually want from me in the process I, I mean that's that's a politician's dream fake news or not is next <laughs> How did I miss that? So we're about to do fake news or not. All right. I mentioned the photo going around with uh, Adam Schiff and Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) Aaron... Aaron said, well, that's been debunked. He told me during the break, Steve, that's that vote has been debunked as a fake. And I said, by who? He said, by everybody. I said, well, tell me who. All right. And he and the first three names he gives me are Politifact, Snopes, and I stopped. I was, nope, nope. Nope. No, that that's like that's like asking me to comment on the on a story from um, oh, uh, who's that guy? Jim Hoft. What's his website that I'm thinking of? gateway pundit, gateway pundit yeah oh. yeah gateway pundit uh no no no, no, no. I, I don't I don't believe any of those things I don't I'm going to need more so then Aaron said to me you know what man I I do a lot of stuff with graphics and stuff as part of this job the photo looks fake to me so I would I'd be more inclined to trust and your that, analysis than any of the sort in fact those sources debunking it only will confirm for me its veracity however another fact did come to light that that that, that now Apparently there is a in the in the background of the photo. I somehow missed this. Apparently apparently there is a uh, um, (laughs) battery operated a a, a dulled instrument, and we'll just leave it at that. Is that fair? Okay. On the end table next to where they're sitting, correct? Okay, and um, that likely. Is that a tell? Is that maybe a tell that it was photoshopped? Yeah. I okay. saw
2: I saw Snopes fact check or Politifact or whatever and I had the same reaction. So I went and looked for the photo myself and I, and I saw the original versus the edited version. I'm like, yeah, this is weird.
1: Yeah, so I just thought I would throw that out there. I mean, there, I mean it would we we'd have no self-awareness if we threw out a reference to what could potentially be a fake photo that we were duped on and then went right to, and by the way, and next now it's our turn to judge what is fake news or not. Right. So again, we are just going to practice the same accountability that, uh, Uh, That we uh, ask of everyone else as well. Let's get to fake news or not brought to our friends by uh, brought to you by our friends over at relief factor. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling with chronic pain, relief could be just one website away. When you go to relieffactor.com and get the three week quick start for only $19.95, that's a dollar a day. They're so confident in this product, they're practically giving it to you for a buck a day because they're pretty confident. You're going to see results and you're going to want to come back for more. I was one of those people, slightly skeptical as well. So earlier this year, I tried the three-week quick start. I saw the results. And now it's a part of my regular regimen. I'm a big believer in relief factor. This is for people that are fighting the battle of chronic pain, pain in the aches and joints, things of that nature, from too much inflammation in the body. And what I love the most about it, you know, we were talking about trust the process earlier in the show. I love the process by which this works because there's other things you can go out there and get that'll help you get the right result you want. But have you ever turned over the ingredients and seen how many are are on that tube and how many of them you cannot pronounce that are in that tube, right? How about four key all natural ingredients, 100% drug-free, even though it is a formula created by healthcare professionals, doctors who can prescribe drugs. So they understand there's a balance between what science can create but what God has already created, all right? So if you want to try this, all right, 1995, the three-week quick start, what do you have to lose for a dollar a day for three weeks? Except maybe, finally, and hopefully the pain at relieffactor.com. Go right now to relieffactor.com. Fake news or not, we do not. Fact check uh, media that views you and I as the enemy. That is the propaganda arm of a hostile invading force. We are fact checking the newsmakers and the news platforms that are supposedly representing what's left of America where we live. Are they giving us fake news or not? And Aaron, this week you have the clips and I'm going to join Todd in deciding what is fake news or not. So you're up. Sounds good. We've got four clips today and
2: we'll start with clip number one.
1: I think most Americans are probably not that surprised that uh, the government has been spinning this story about the Afghanistan war to them over the years. But it should be the biggest story that we're talking about because we've spent a trillion dollars and lost more than 2,300 American lives in a war that we really don't know the purpose of anymore. And yet, this story was not the one people were paying attention to. In fact, I consulted with Grabian, an internet service that tracks these sorts of things. And in the past four days, Jake Tapper raised it this morning for the first time. But in the past four days, CNN did not no segments on the afghanistan papers but they did do four different segments on this controversy that they were ginning up about this thanos meme that the president had uh, uh, his supporters thanos had is in- i'll let you go first on this one go ahead
0: well just on the matter is does the public have zero trust little trust in the media is that, that's that's not fake news uh, they, they this is not new they they, they have been sampled before and polling about American institutions and as low as Congress is the press is already uh, uh, down with them now faith that's more um, overt but in the covert sense American instit- Americans are still too passive in the fight they have to push back there's too much drip 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 that gets into them so they did they default in a way to the flood of information in a way still that does not i mean it should be almost zero faith in american uh press institutions right now but yeah when, when you just flat out ask them about you know are they big on the mainstream media um there's very little uh overt devotion to them anymore
1: so that's ben dominich right Correct. over at the federalist yep. um here's what I would say about what Ben had, what Ben had to say. I think his analysis is absolutely real news. I just think it's incomplete. All right. Um, and, and the reason being is, and I don't know, cause I don't watch any of these channels, but I can tell you that if Fox news had devoted, had, had, if it, if it got together in its newsroom, when this report came out and said, first of all, don't trust the Washington Post. Secondly, we're going to verify this ourselves, all right? We're going to go through these papers ourselves. We're going to verify this ourselves. But if this, if this information checks out that they've gotten, um, if, if, if these classified documents and what they claim is in there, if it checks out, we can independently verify this ourselves. This is going to be the, this is going to be the driving force of our coverage for the next 72 hours, all of our shows. We will not have a show that will not address this. None of our, all of our primetime shows will have an A block segment on this. And if this went on for several days on Fox news, we have seen the way, I mean, the president will call into these shows on Fox when he doesn't like the coverage, right? Yeah. If, if Fox news went all out on a story like this, would it not impact in your view, how much, if anything, we've heard from the Trump white house about it? Because I think it would impact it tremendously.
0: Yeah, it's likely. Based yeah.
1: on past president, I certainly do. Yeah, I agree. Okay? So, I I think the problem we have in media today, and I'm putting we, because I think this isn't just the left media, it's on this side of the street where I work. So this is the collective we here. The problem we have is that all too often when we want to point fingers at one entity it's like that spider-man gif where they're each pointing fingers at themselves okay where spider-man's pointing spider fingers at spider-man i mean we've all got too much red in this ledger here i mean let's look at our own show let's let's look at our own show as an example because it it's not even intentional sometimes like it's not it's not like I'm I'm sure there are conversations that are had at conservative media outlets at times. Man, can we really be honest about that? You know, Trump's audience is going to lose their poo if we... Right? I'm sure that happens. I'm sure it happens everywhere to some extent. Just like I'm sure it happens. Hey, you know, can we really go say that because it's going to hurt our get-out-the-vote efforts for Democrats? This stuff all happens. But don't bypass that sometimes we're just human beings... They get caught up in the prevailing winds. We don't see the forest or the trees. And and when you're constantly surrounded by certain forces, that just becomes your natural habitat and you're just used to reacting to those things. And so even a show like ours, I mean, I'm proud that I was one of the first vehicles on the right to begin to seriously question this foreign policy several years ago and criticize it. Back in the Bush years, what are we doing here? What is the point of any of this? What does victory look like? This is something I've been a part of, of having this dialogue and conversation for 10 years. Back before it was cool. Back before we had people like Jesse Kelly who served over there, then came back after their tour was done, got got work in conservative media and started telling us what a waste of our damn time this all was. Okay? And... Even even with all that notwithstanding, how many columns have I written about this? Shows have we done about this? I have, it's slipped my mind several times this week that this story even occurred. Because we're just so inundated with everything else. And I'm not, so, I, and I don't, you know, this is the debate Daniel and I've had the last two years on this program. Is it Cheez-Its or steak because the audience wants Cheez-Its? I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I don't, ha, I don't, I don't know what would happen if we just said, you know what, this war has to stop. If I don't know how you would respond. If if we in, in conservative media collectively just got together and said, enough, this war has to end. And we're putting all our sources and getting this White House to get us the hell out. It's, it's finally time for some America first. I don't know if you'd get mad at us. Why aren't you helping the president stop off st- st- save a coup? I don't. I don't know. I know there is some market for this. Otherwise, shows like mine and 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 columnists and podcasts like Daniel Horowitz would not exist. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't, we're not, we're not subsidized and stuff here at blaze TV. So there's some market for it. Otherwise people like Daniel and I wouldn't be on the air, right? So there, there is some of you, but what I don't know is if you are a loyal minority, if you're a, pl- a plurality, or if you are the majority and you're being underserved, I will tell you though, that if you look at whose careers have been made in recent years, people that have gone from relative obscurity to stardom. I can't think of one. I mean, I look at Ben Shapiro's career. It has continued on the upswing, but it was on a pretty high upward trajectory before the Trump era ever began. He was on his way to stardom, okay? Um, So I think of any, I can't think of a single name of somebody who has, has risen to prominence in the Trump era and did so without some form of either pushing back on anti Trump narratives in the media or just flat out Trump shilling. Can you think of a single person that, that doesn't fit into one of those two camps? That has kind of that we didn't know about five years ago, that has right. kind of become a huge somebody now. So I'm with you. I can't think of anybody in our whole industry, anywhere, that would meet that threshold that doesn't fit into one of those two camps. Meaning their job all day is not pointing out how they're lying to us at the at the New York Times all the time, right? Or it's, just, it, it, every, it's hashtag MAGA everything. So if, 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 if that's where the major market forces are at, then my guess is that the majority of so-called conservative media consumers would not want that content. There would certainly be a block of you that would. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on the air, that's for sure. But a majority of you would not. And so I, I think the problem with Ben's analysis is Everything he says about CNN is true. I think it's also true of the network that he's on. Next clip. It's because of this. It's because the modern Democratic Party is so hell-bent on getting the president rather than getting you a job or a dereg or the military funding. This was one of the most successful weeks of the Trump presidency. Yeah. USMCA, China, milita- the third consecutive military pay raise, third consecutive investment in our military of over $700 billion.
2: They have more resources, more respect. NDAA, paid family leave, Space Force. Who knows what will do tomorrow?
1: Mm. You want to go first this time? Yeah, she...
0: At the beginning, she's right about her diagnosis of the Democrats, and then it makes it seem like she's right about the second half because she's laid out a laundry list of of so called successes. Let's say for the sake of argument that those are, are, but I she I don't think the omnibus is mentioned in there, which is the epitome of the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just kind of blasted by, and so it, is can this can the guy who was supposed to drain the swamp? Ultimately, be uh, a success. I mean, the, uh, in the eyes of anybody, even the if, even the warring factions of conservatism now both of them wanted the swamp dream to some extent. Yeah, if that just happened,
1: I'm so, going to say it's real news because of what she the premise of what she started with. We could disagree with the application, but I also don't think there's any any I, whatever I thought of, there is a, whatever the market is for legitimate conservative media. Uh, deduct 99.99999% of what the market is for limited government, okay? Among the among the American voter. There is no market for it. There just isn't. So um, I'm not going to falter on the application because I think the premise of what she's saying is true. So I'll give it real news.
2: Uh, can I add some context? I, I love the end there. Who knows what he'll do tomorrow, which is an evergreen thing. Well, today, apparently, Trump said that um, the Armenian genocide was not in fact a genocide. So...
1: That so he's denying the Armenian genocide now?
2: Yeah. That's cool. Clip number
0: three. Hey, Doug, nothing's perfect. Issues about domestic content and wage content and worker rights. By the way, worker rights, the United States has been a big defender of worker rights, and we are going to be helping Mexican labor force in that respect, too. Let's not forget mm. that. Um, again, I'm gonna argue that with digital services, financial services, with protection for intellectual property, literally hundreds of billions of dollars of new direct investment are going to come into the United States in the weeks, months and
2: years ahead.
1: I think that's all fake news. I don't, I don't believe any of that. And as and, and someone who grew up watching so much of Larry Kudlow's work as a young conservative, he's just a shell of his former self. And I, 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 I don't believe any of that. I, I think it's all fake news. I don't think any of that's going to happen.
0: I don't was he talking about Mexican worker rights here and, and over there and, 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 and the
1: Chinese China. trade yeah. trade deal yeah. and but, either yeah.
0: either way you're either ignoring American uh worker rights here by worrying about them this over is, there th- or yeah. you are undercutting them by worrying about them yeah, I don't, here. Yeah, what? Yeah, it,
1: I, it's it's this is this is the impact that Trump has. He, it, he, that's why I used to refer to I used to compare him to Bobby the Brain Heenan. The, the infamous pro wrestling manager. Sure. It, it's like you're. It's like you're not permitted any semblance. How about? Why don't we just look in the camera and say, "Well, we have more Americans per capita working right now than at any other time in American history, and we have the lowest unemployment ever uh, among American minorities since we've been recording it." Stop. No, no. We got to go. Like it's like Mean Gene Oakland. You get into the heat lamp. Oh yeah, oh, WrestleMania Five. Yeah, everything's the best ever, greatest ever of all time. I mean, nothing. The the neither in this White House nor in the media that hates it. The truth is not its own reward for any of these people. That's that's that clips like that. I, I just that's not the Larry oh. Kudlow I watched all my life. I, that's a guy pretending to 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 in, to inherit or inhabit some level of pump of of bombacity that just isn't becoming of such an intellect frankly this
0: this is where while it has been nauseating to watch both republicans and democrats use their comms department and the press department to just constantly run propaganda that's unbelievable here they went all the way to the other they have no comms department there's no there's no messaging there's nothing's tailored to be effectual right it's just ridiculous
1: it's
2: just random Yeah. yeah yeah final clip
0: Yet do not fear, don't panic. Schiff and Pelosi are in safe districts in California. They made sure there's plenty of room in the lifeboat for them, but for the rest of you Democrats in tighter races. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you can all swim in those frigid waters.
1: I think that's that's actually I, pretty good. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Yeah. That's that's kind of a segment of I had a show like that. I'd probably do that kind of analysis. So I liked it. Doesn't mean it's good. It just means I like me some me. Uh, so I, I'm I'm as far as I'm concerned, since that's something I would do, it's totally real news. <laughs> and that's the most honest analysis I can give. Todd, your turn. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's it's coming to light right now with some Democrats who are going to their town hall meetings and their their freshman Democrats and yep. in, in districts that Trump won. They're hearing it
1: and they're hearing it hard. It goes back to what we said earlier. The trend line here is bad because they're, they're raising people's viewpoint of this presidency by, by the way they're going after it. That's it's a bold strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the, the reverb on that is a motherless goat. We'll come back. Hour number two pop culture Tuesday is next. And greetings back with our number two here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. It's our final week of 2019, Then we are breaking for the Christmas and New Year's holidays. We'll be back again on Monday, January the 6th. You will get a bit of a respite, though, if you're going to miss us. At the end of this month, the 30th and the 31st, we will be filling in on the Glenn Beck radio program those two days. So you'll get a bit of an oasis Uh, in the midst of the desert while we're gone all of these days. Not that, frankly, any of you are going to miss us. 888-900-3393 888-900-3393 888-900-3393 888-900-3393 Steve at is how you can email the program, like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. if you've been thinking about becoming a subscriber to Blaze TV, now's the perfect time if you're looking for a last minute Christmas gift for either the discerning patriot in your life or maybe yourself, right now we're offering a great deal to become a subscriber to Blaze TV so you don't miss that overtime episode we do exclusively for Blaze TV subscribers or all of the other content that only is only at blaze tv.com get $20 off an annual subscription right now when you go to blaze tv.com slash dace that's 20 bucks off your annual subscription right now when you go to blaze tv.com slash dace d-e-a-c-e but you must use the promo code steve20off you must use that promo code steve20off blaze tv.com slash dace it is now time for Pop Culture Tuesday. This is when we look at the intersection each week between what's trending in popular culture and conservatism. We are going to spend a good deal of our time here today talking about uh, Episode 9, uh, which is the final, we're told anyway, movie in the Skywalker saga. That that's really the Star Wars saga that began over 40 years ago, touching off maybe the greatest pop culture phenomenon in American history. But, and Todd, you're not aware of this. Before we get there, there's another um, there, there's there's another tremor in the force, if you will, of of, of American pop culture that uh, I feel we need to address first. There's been a, a major controversy. Y- you've got uh, a wife and four daughters, correct? Yes. Yeah, Aaron, you're going to have a future wife, correct? Yep. All right. You've got a sister and a mom. That's correct. Right, I've got a mom and a mother-in-law and a wife and two daughters. Now, why, why did I go down the roster of females intimately involved in each of our lives? Because that means each of us is on a, hopefully, according to the due code, secondhand, secondary basis, is familiar with what goes on with the Hallmark Channel this time of year, Correct.
0: Intimately, so yes.
1: No, you're not. No, you're, no I'm intimately
0: you're. aware of the second hand. Okay.
1: Good. Right. Yes. That's a that, <laughs> that is, is a, a very important yes. correction. We would have had to end the show. There. Yeah. Yes. Or but end, being or honest, you. I
0: have to be intimate on a second hand level with this during this
1: month. Okay. But if if you know any famali's, right, then you're going to be aware of what happened. This is this is the famali Super Bowl, right? Hallmark Christmas movies. Is that fair? Yep. Okay. And so there's been a, a massive tremor in the in in in, in that universe because um, leftists have to destroy anything that is true, beautiful, v- virtuous in their midst. They they just can't avoid it. They're they're here to to smash your stained glass windows. They're the iconoclasts. As Todd uh, reintroduced that term into our lexicon earlier this year. Um, and, and so now we're going to have a debate about, you know, um, how much rainbow jihad to put into the Hallmark movies, not just the commercials, but the movies themselves, right? This has become a major controversy in the culture. So I thought, Todd, I'm going to, because you've got a wife and four daughters, this is why you're not aware of this. Cause I, I want to just spring. I'm going to make you our focus group. Okay. And. Contemplating because you because you do have intimate but secondary knowledge of this content because you just happen to be in a room probably uh, doing you know your men's Bible study exactly and and then the girls are watching this on the television right and you just kind of overhear, it, but you're not paying attention indeed. to any of this indeed correct indeed okay okay <laughs> that's All right. exactly All right there was a pause that I just needed indeed. to make sure okay so um I I thought that you would be like the perfect person to just kind of be a, a proxy of how this content might go over. And so what happens a year from now when your Hallmark Channel and Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, when 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 they merge, when they, shall I say, marry, what happens when they come together right now over me, John Lennon? What happens? What could it look like? And so I've put together what I think um, – prospectively could be a top 10 list of next year's Hallmark movie Christmas slate uh, and starting from least to most likely. And we'll go through these and one at a time and just kind of get your instant feedback on these. And then I I, I can, if you want some context of why um, I chose uh, these movie titles as potential uh, for next year's Hallmark channel sponsored by uh, the sponsored by glad what that could look like. I'm happy to provide some context because these were each thought through um, pretty thoroughly. We didn't, I didn't just like throw these up there and say, Aaron, this is the list I want. All right. I mean, this is my attempt to try to merge these two worlds. Are you ready to go? Yes. All right. Here's number 10. All right. Number 10, how big is your Yuletide log? Now, this is a reference to the crisis of logging and the the loss of, and it's not a reference to any of that. So what do you think, Todd? Could you see you the famales in your home tuning in next year on the Hallmark Channel too? How big is your Yuletide Tide log?
0: Uh, there might be some laughs, but I'm still gonna go with no.
1: No, not even if not. What about a special introduction from from President Pete Buttigieg? No?
0: No, that's not a deal closer. No, that, that
1: doesn't do it. Okay. Let's let's try number nine. Uh twas the night before my gender reassignment surgery. What do you think?
0: Now we're fully in hell now.
1: Yeah. You could see the this could uh, be up on that uh, the the sparkling television there in the ursen household you no, guys. I, no, I cannot. No. This is not one you guys are going to tune into. <laughs> no. All right. And Aaron, if if you think, you know, any of the women in your life would be interested, let me know. Okay. All right. Okay. So, we're 0 for, I'm over for two on this so far, yeah. both of you? Yeah. Is that no? Okay, yeah. Todd,
0: if, if you if you really brought my wife in to do this, we should actually call her. This is incensing her. Is
1: it? Is, oh, she, yeah. is she is she is she about this? Yes, she has know this, she's, is this Is this her Chick-fil-A right here? She's laid up even more right now with
0: this kind of sprain right. break thing. She's, right. so there's been a lot of and when I told her this news, she looked at me like, What? Did you just say to me? Someone has to die yeah. for this. Is yes. the look she
1: gave you? Yes. Someone must pay. Yes. Right? <laughs> she's not alone. I've seen it in my Facebook feed, man. Where our wives and sisters in our age group, that's where they hang out. And There's going to be. There are some angry mama bears about this. All right, let's see if we can lighten things up a little bit. Number seven, Rudolph is red nosed because he notice the pronoun usage. That's key here because he got his period. Todd, your thoughts?
0: She might uh, just be interested in how sciency this one gets to try to pull this one off. Maybe.
1: See, I see. I had considered. Um and and there was one focus group suggestion to go with Rudolph is red nose because he's bleeding from his whatever. because there was a thought that that could be a clever reference to what uh, President Trump once said about Megan Kelly when she was at Fox News and and that Fox News movie is coming out here for the holidays, right? about about its history with uh, with sexual harassment in the workplace. I thought, though, that that um, that might be a little crude. And so I I just went with some with a more benign reference. No reason
0: to drag him into this is there.
1: Ah. 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 Nice. All right. Next one, this is number 6 on the list. Santa's got a brand new bag. And and what I love about this one is it didn't require the changing of any of an actual song. This is a this is a real Christmas song, but it's now in a whole new context. So Santa's got a brand new bag, Todd your thoughts.
0: Christmas is canceled (laughs) we need to take this is like you know Baylor University your advice was you know not just just cancel everything I think we need a timeout
1: so this is not something well a Christmas story marathon on TBS or Santa's got a brand new bag next year on the Hallmark Channel the Ur's and Daughters which one do you think they're gonna go with next year
0: I know which one they're going to go with. It's not up for debate.
1: Okay. Well, let's get into the top five here, Aaron, shall we? Uh, This is number six. Oh, this is number six. Okay. All right. So, Miracle on 69th Street. What do you think? And, of course, the tagline is nice. So, Miracle on 69th Street. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) I think this is a winner. Look at his reaction. I think we've got a winner right here.
0: nothing <laughs> i got nothing i've just, I've really tried to put myself in my living room right now and there's no there's no good outcomes okay
1: all right let's get to the top five then all right my nutcrackers sweet instead of the nutcracker sweet my nutcrackers sweet what do you think
0: here if if it's the right nuts that are getting cracked like the ones that are responsible for this whole farce. <laughs> she's in <laughs> i think she's in <laughs>
1: I think those who are responsible for this don't have any nuts, if you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. I think you're, you're dealing with some boys who can shave there, is what I think. All right, number four on your list of next year's Christmas Hallmark movie channel no, lineup. No. Wax My Christmas Balls Bigot. No. Special introduction by Jessica Yanov. Your no, thoughts, Todd?
0: No. No. Let me go. Whatever the next one is, it
2: well let's linger here for a moment. Aaron, your thoughts. Yeah, I think this is going to be um, you know, I, I think uh, I think Jessica is going to prove all of his doubters wrong in this in this film, and I can't wait to see it. Has that persuaded you at all?
0: No.
1: No? What if we just what if we dropped the bigot and just went with wax my Christmas <laughs> oh, balls? Yeah. There's, does that make it better? That's taking lipstick on a pig to a whole new level. <laughs> a, what
2: if, okay. if we change the name to um, Wax the Balls with Bows of Holly, you know, something like that?
0: No.
1: There's no way to make this palatable to the and household? No. No? I've
0: given ground on a couple of these. The, I,
1: this one, this one, though? No. Yeah. Okay. I thought this was one of our better options, actually. I mean, that's why it's in the top five. But let's get to number three on the list. White supremacist Christmas. You're dreaming of a white supremacist Christmas. Your thoughts, Todd?
0: Some would say that's already what it is.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. So that's, I think, um, that's why I don't think we have to stretch for an audience here because everybody recognized this is really a white supremacist racist observance, right? And and in the plot line of this film, uh, you have a couple of illegal aliens who come here uh, expecting to receive some Christmas charity from a Christian nation, find out that it's really full of a bunch of xenophobes and that really, the, it's just, you know. And it, and it, they it's, get
2: deported on Christmas Day. And they
1: get deported on Christmas Day. Feliz yeah. Navidad, right. Well,
0: flying in the face of this, I, I, a shout out to... That's uh, actually
1: Ryan Johnson's next movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? If you've seen Knives Out... I, that's actually not very far from the from some of the plot of his movie *Knives Out*. Actually, that's what I just said. I was
0: at my daughter's Christmas con- the two oldest ones' high yes. school Christmas concert last night. Uh, credit to both the band director and the choir concert uh, choir director because they come together after both of their individual performances to do uh, to Christmas carols at the end. Yeah, flat out classic Christ-centered Lord sent in a public school. They're awesome. just like, come and arrest me. I don't care. I love it.
1: All right, I love that. All right, number two, next year's lineup on Hallmark Channel with the Rainbow Jihad, Frosty has a uterus.
0: I think my, it's funny you mentioned this. I think my whole family is in on this because they were just talking about the original Frosty, the Snowman, and they're like, that's that's really kind of creepy. He just walks around saying happy birthday all the time. I think they would think this is an improvement on that one. They're not big on that one.
1: Do you is do you believe it's possible that Frosty could have a uterus? Because I think that's the real key. Is could a snowman have
2: a uterus? Otherwise, of course, because science.
1: Yes, if you can't pass past the initial credibility threshold with the audience, I mean, the, you, there's no shot that this one ha, can, is going to go anywhere. I,
0: it, what, what you can't you can find anything in that old cell cat, can't you? So I think, we're, <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think they can, can dig out a uterus. <laughs>
1: Now, I got to give you a disclaimer before this last one, all right? So, um, and I need to warn the audience. This this last one um, could could trigger some of you because it, it also, it's got a bit of a double entendre here, unlike all the rest of the options you've seen so far. It's got a bit of a double entendre here uh, that um, it makes a reference to another... Um, patriarchal Christmas ritual this time of year that um, has become an accepted vehicle of oppression. And we're trying to address that now and go back and um, retcon this mistake. All right. So I just want to warn you before we get to this last one. Okay. Three, two, one. All right, so you've heard of Baby, It's Cold Outside. Our number one choice for next Christmas on Hallmark is Tranny, It's Cold Outside. Tranny, it's cold outside. What do you think, Todd? Tranny, it's cold outside. What do you think?
0: Uh, Yeah, my kids kind of saw the teenage version of this because on Disney+, Plus they're now doing high school musical, the musical, the series, and they've, you know, they, like waited until episode five and kids oh, and then are, they went there and they, well, not not full tranny, but you know they're, they're they're on their way. So this is they're not watching that show again anymore. So they're not watching this one either. So as you look back on this
1: list collectively, your thoughts on how this would enhance the traditional Hallmark Christmas movie lineup? Again, just from what you know, secondarily through uh, living with four women in your household. Five women, four daughters and a wife, I'm sorry.
0: Well, I think, remember that uh, movie Poltergeist? I have a feeling we're watching and then you like the, my kids might get a little creeped out when the advent wreath over on the table bursts into flames spontaneously upon viewing any of this. Um,
1: might be some troubling times in theirs in a household. Yeah, don't you think advertisers are going to line up? to see have their commercials in tranny it's cold outside or Santa's got a brand new bag. I I could I could see this absolutely. What kind of commercials do you think run? I mean what, if you were doing the if you were if you were the media buyer there? What 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 products do you think?
0: Well, I would, would
1: be in line to sponsor I think, next year's Hallmark Christmas lineup.
0: I think, you know, a little uh Fig, Star Wars esque figurines should be made, and they should be whole. They should be sold in Chick fil A Happy Meals. I think that's a no brainer.
1: Nice, nice. Aaron, you have any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, I just I think this is probably a win for progress, inclusivity, um, and without really, a doubt, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And the, those people who um, who really didn't care before had an opinion, or maybe didn't like this direction. Well. um... You know what? they're just they're on the wrong side of history, and um it's, they, they will it's be probably, made to care. it's yeah, and they will be made to care. It's for their it's for the greater good, the greater good you, the greater good.
0: <laughs> you know on this on this segment, when I'm already going to be ornery. Because of Star Wars, you so said, we, well, "How can we even make it matter?" You you queue up the topic that m- makes me so enraged I can barely sit still. Thank you. You gave me a two for one on just rage, anger, hostility. I'm <laughs> blessed.
1: <laughs> the the movement that that demands safe spaces will 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 permit none. They they will permit nowhere for us to go to just enjoy one another's company and the and the and the fruits of our freedom irregardless, which isn't actually a word, but I'm going to use it anyway, irregardless of whatever deep systemic belief system and worldview differences we have, they, they will not permit you an opportunity to set any of those things aside in any cultural happening, ritual, tradition whatsoever. Absolutely everything has to be tainted by their cultic psychosis. Everything does. It's completely unavoidable. And and they they plan on and pray p r e y pray upon our wanting to to have these safe spaces and set these things aside and just tolerate this because it's Christmas and I can do this the rest of the year or it's Thanksgiving I can I don't want to do that right now and so um, you know John shows up in his, uh in his ballet costume you know after his pet, Manny Petty's done. To announce that his new name is Jessica, uh, and and does it on purpose to provoke you because he knows you're gonna to want to just let this go. And he wins either way. All right, he provokes you. Um, you confront this and squash this like the cultic psychosis from the pit of hell that it is, and half of your family members are then you're now the bad guy. Why do you have to why do you have to fight about this stuff on Christmas and Thanksgiving? So he wins there, or you just let it go and passively say nothing, and then you're and then, and then the, the, the group in your family that does want you to speak up, but they're waiting for you to do it. Cause they're considered, you're kind of considered the leader here. They then uh, it's taken as your, your passive affirmation that you chose not to speak up and let it go. So he wins either way. That, that is the point of this to put you in the no win scenario. This is, this is, this is the Joker in the dark night. Everything's bad. Nothing can be virtuous. No one can rise above. No one can rise above not even their most basic instincts, but their most primal dysfunctions. You cannot rise above them on any level whatsoever. There's a complete and total nihilism. That's what's being promoted here. Your thoughts on that?
0: That's why I'm enraged about this because it's coming to a theater near you. I, and my uh, my wife just said a couple days uh, before this broke, she was just talking about how it was nice because the girl, it's just, it's just decent. It's just.
1: Hopeful, decent and, is a, is and, is the, is is a stench yes, in the nostrils of, yes. of, of nihilism,
0: and not in a way that if we wouldn't want those stories twenty four seven because there we do need to get into other corners of sure. the world. But yep. she said during this time, it is just allowing you to park your lives in a place where good wins, and it's not just by accident. And community is real, and a week later, this punch in the gut and it it pisses me off.
1: So with that said, let's get to what was sup- supposed to be the main topic for this week's Pop Culture Tuesday. All right? We are f- uh, a little bit more than 48 hours away from the nationwide release of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. All right? And this is supposedly now the final movie in the Skywalker saga to... Uh, Lucas, when he originally wrote this, it was called The Journal of the Wills, and he had laid out plans for three trilogies. He had never really fleshed out what the what the future trilogy would be, but um, but in order to make Star Wars make sense, he had to create the backstory, and those backstories is what ultimately became the prequel trilogies as we know them today. All right? Disney purchased this, what was it, about six or seven years ago, from Lucasfilm, purchased Lucasfilm, I should say, from George Lucas, Uh, and Skywalker Sound and his entire film operation from him for like $5 billion. Uh, And they began independent of George Lucas. He did say he had begun mapping out some generics of what a future trilogy could look like if he wanted to revisit this in the future. Um, Disney took none of those ideas, handed it off to J.J. Abram, one of the most successful directors, uh, contemporary directors, who had just successfully relaunched and updated the Star Trek franchise. And I think all of us believe particularly that initial Star Trek movie is fantastic, right? Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, it's absolutely fan that opening scene with George Kirk where you witness yeah. the birth of James Kirk and and you see and and his upbringing and his rebellion. I mean, it's just it's 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 a great movie. That first Star Trek movie is. And so they saw what he did in bringing Star Trek up to date and then they thought, "Hey, let's let's now give him uh Star Wars and see what he can do."
0: And Trek was not He wasn't a Trekkie. No.
1: He is a Star Wars geek. He is a Star Wars geek, yeah. He's, and, um... And this is a guy that has patterned his whole career after Steven Spielberg. He's talked about that openly. That's his idol and nothing wrong with that. Maybe you're going to pattern yourself after somebody. He might as well be the, who a lot of people think is, could very well be the, he's certainly the most financially successful American film maker of all time, whether he's the greatest or not. I would argue he is because he can do popcorn fare and also that's, stuff that gets nominated yeah, he, for Academy he, Awards at the same time. That's the reason he is. Yeah. I mean, you can do Schindler's List and Raiders yes. of the Lost Ark. You, know, you can touch both those things and 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 and, and touch them all at the exact same same time, then to me, I I mean, that's a harmonic convergence. You're the alpha as far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. the goat, right? So it, this is who Abram has patterned himself after. He's had a lot of successes, some so-so, but he's also considered one of the most successful directors. So they embarked on the, the, their own trek of what to do with this next series. Uh, he got together with Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the screenplays for Empire Strikes Back and also Return of the Jedi with George Lucas and brought him out of retirement, essentially, to write the movie that became the force awakens. Now they had years of, of books and TV shows and cartoons that had been done about, you know, what's happened after, after this period, including some of the best selling science fiction uh, novels of all time, were Timothy Zahn's heir to the empire series that came out in the early nineties. And those were the first books that Lucas officially gave his, his blessing to, to write about what happened after return of the Jedi. All right, and and he created a very compelling villain named Grand Admiral Thrawn that had his own kind of huge following among Star Wars fans, and he was brought into uh, you know this last uh, Star Wars uh, series, uh, animated series with Dave Filani as as the big bad of that series. Um, and though, but but Lucas, but uh, but Disney decided they were going to eliminate all of those things, and those things are now they're they're given their own status. What are they called the the Legends Star Wars, you know, Legends, but it's not canon. So these are myths, these some of the, there may be some truth to them, but it's not considered actual canon and nothing that happened after return of the jedi as far as disney's concerned is canon except that which they have approved. So all of those books, everything else that went on for decades, all of that's gone. They wiped the slate clean. They began their canon by writing these the series of books called Aftermath to talk about what occurred Before between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, there's been more of these books now that tell us Princess Leia's had her own book. Han and Chewbacca have had their own book. There's been lots of these books that have now come out to tell us what's happened, what happened in the years before between. Um, There's a Darth Vader comic book series right now doing this. That's uh, very popular as well. Um, And um, and The Force Awakens was a smash. Now it was totally derivative of the original Star Wars film. All right, a drifter on a desert planet who doesn't know the special abilities they have, just like Luke Skywalker. Okay, um, and that's Ray. You have the the the, the hesitant, um, likable scoundrel who's just who's cynical and in it for himself, who gets dragged into a into a into a, a moral high ground that he tries to resist for the longest time, and then eventually embraces it that's that's finn okay you have the and so they took han solo basically and broke him into two characters poe and finn are, are are kind of the two things that han solo was okay the cocksure pilot like han solo was that's poe and then finn is the um is this is the guy who's just wants what you know wants to get out doesn't want to be a part of a rebellion and then eventually chooses to take the moral high ground is that fair so far Sure. So, so a lot of this is derivative. Ben Solo is the villain. Kylo becomes who is seduced by the dark side, like his grandfather was, and becomes uh, Kylo Ren. And similarly, Snoke is the big bad, who's who's who really though relies on the on the unique Force gifts within his apprentice, just as the Emperor did with Anakin Skywalker. And now Snoke is doing that with Kylo Ren. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this was to be very derivative, derivative, and there were some complaints about that when The Force Awakens came out. But overall, it's a it's a highly enjoyable popcorn movie. And people thought like for the first time since Return of the Jedi that they were in a Star Wars movie, not like in a computer generated fantasy of what George Lucas just going nuts with the new technology. But they felt like this is what it felt like when we were kids. when We were in the movie. Is that is that all fair?
0: Yes, for the yes. most part. And yes. so
1: that's why even though there were some, you know, you wanted some things maybe better fleshed out, you know, like what was the point of Max Van Seidhout, Max Van Sydow's character there at the beginning and why is such an acclaimed actor performing in a role that lasts for three minutes that we know nothing about, right? So, but there was the expectation that these things would all be explained later because there was some of this in the original Star Wars too that didn't, then got explained as exposition as the series went on, right? Mm-hmm. So is, am, I, is, am I okay with, with explaining this so far, Aaron? Yes. And then we get to Return of the Jedi. I'm sorry. We get to the last Jedi, and the last Jedi took all of those plot points that you thought were leading to things. I don't know what you guys did in your car on the way home from seeing the, the 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 Force Awakens. Our whole family debated whether Rey was a Solo or or a Skywalker, right? And that was the big debate online, right? Sure. And we were debating where this thing was going as a family. The last Jedi comes in and just takes a takes an eraser to all of that, all of it, and it. It was hugely successful, but it created a massive backlash. And so now into this arena steps again J.J. Abram trying to close the loop on this series and clean up the mess Ryan Johnson hath made. We will discuss whether we think he can pull it off and what's the early word that we're hearing as well as maybe some of our own predictions on this when we return. And we are back so let's get into it shall we episode nine is coming out and this has become uh, star wars has become another front uh in in america's uh, culture war because what incensed people the most about what ryan johnson did is they viewed it as uh, he attempted to sjw the star wars universe um, he uh, kind of classically tore it down burned it down um, and took a lot of the stuff that pointed to, you know, a higher, a, more of a meta narrative and a mythos that that J.J. Abrams seemed to be teasing in The Force Awakens, and just urinated all over it. Um, never really explained who Snoke was. Unceremoniously, just killed him midway through the film. Um, one of the one of the lines in the movie is when Kylo looks at Ray and says, um, "Let the past die, all of it." Okay. Um, you know, Luke lights, you know, the, the uh, or Yoda lights, what is it, the, uh, the temple where the Jedi scrolls were kept? He lights Yoda, Yoda's Force Ghost, lights it on fire, right? And, and then they go to this gambling planet, and it's a complete and total waste of a plot because Maz Tanada was already a, a character that was introduced in the first movie as, a, as someone who's going to be a major connection point. And if you needed if you needed a code breaker or something, you just make her the code breaker and bring a character back and have develop more of her of why she's in this movie and why she had Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, right? Instead, she make she refers them to go to some planet where they can uh, go visit the you know the one percent who doesn't care and is terrible to animals, right? That's what's going on there. Right? Yeah. And there's a care and, and and this poor woman who played Rose Tran who's this is you know this is her idea this is kind of the the part of the movie where she she is supposed to be her shining moment and because of that this poor woman kind of became the symbol for the backlash and just got she had to shut her social media accounts and stuff down because she just got destroyed wasn't her fault but she kind of became the symbol for first of all why your character is pointless number one and number two so is this entire plot point has nothing to do with this this is just ryan johnson wants to you know preach leftist political tropes to us because that's never happened before in star wars see Newt gunray and lot dodd but that became kind of the fissure here and now i don't want to rehash all of that because we've done that show a million times i don't agree with all of that analysis by the way i mean at the end of the movie princess leia looks at poe and, and says i don't know he's the leader follow the guy Luke is the hero at the end of the movie, and, and, and they make a point of showing you that Rey did preserve the, the, the sacred scrolls from the Jedi Temple at the end. So, but I, I, I can understand why those criticisms exist. I'm certainly in the minority in the conservative sphere, sphere with my love of the movie. I think it's a great movie. Um, the, 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 side, the stupid side plot on the gambling planet notwithstanding. You guys, particularly on our side of the uh, cultural divide, are clearly in the majority here. And uh, the movie was a tremendous financial success. It, it scored 91% on Rotten Tomatoes among critics. So I know you're going to want to bring up how some critics seem to be very lukewarm about what they're seeing from this new movie and they don't like it. Just remember, a lot of those same critics told you the last Jedi movie that you hate was, was, was you know, Dr. Zhivago. They freaking loved it. So just keep that in mind before you go in there with all of your cynicism, okay?
0: Oh, I'm going in there with all
1: And that's probably not going to stop you from going in there with all of your cynicism. I definitely believe that the way they have discussed this movie, and especially as we've drawn closer to the release, where John Boyega, who plays Finn, talking about how him and Mark Hamill were on the set, complaining about what Ryan Johnson was doing with the characters. They didn't agree with it. They didn't like it. Um, Where you have J.J. Abrams saying, I don't think it's a good idea to tell people this doesn't matter. Um, the closer we've gotten now, when they first started making this film, they, they, they were very politically correct about it. I didn't buy that. I told you guys at the time, I thought this, this movie going to be a retcon. They're going to undo a lot of this or, attempt, or they're going to attempt to whether they can pull it off or not. I don't know, but they're going to attempt to, but now that we've gotten closer to the release of this film, it's pretty obvious that this movie is going to be an attempt to undo much of the undoing. Ryan Johnson had already done. So I have talked a lot. Let me stop now and get each of you guys's two thoughts before we delve into some predictions of what we think will happen. Now, I've not seen any spoilers. I have on purpose avoided any of them or any purported ones. You guys, though, have been exposed to purported spoilers, correct? Well, I don't know any
0: specific spoilers. It's more just feels about okay. things. And one thing that is definitely happening, it's the longest Star Wars movie ever, this one, I believe, at a little over two and a half hours, if memory serves.
1: There, most of them have been over two but, hours, though. Uh,
0: well, what this one is, the, I believe... I, I saw somewhere to be the longest, but like the first half, they everybody whether they liked it or didn't like it so far has just said the amount of ex, uh, explanation that they're just doing that means they're retconning, yep. and that means it's you're you're just he's forced to try to connect dots that are impossible to connect just by storytelling you just have we're gonna have to sit here and little and hear a lecture about what we need to believe to enjoy the rest of the movie and i'm really hoping that that's a success i'm hoping that i can just I, i i was telling aaron before i hope they can just get it right in terms of what the story is supposed to be and then even though i know the execution it can't be seamless it's impossible but if the explanation is right even if it's clumsy i'll do my best to be in it
2: yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp as Todd. I I just you know, um during during Lost, during during, during the entire show of, of Lost, there were times when it's like what is this doing? Where are we going? Where did we come from and where are we going? Um and then it, it was all kind of woven together at the end. And there there was there were things, I should say, that were made sense of. Um, that you really didn't think had any point earlier in the show. And I'm hoping that J.J. Abrams can can pull that off here. Uh, my my expectation level is subterranean. If some of the purported, and that's the operative word here, purported spoilers that I have, have seen are true, I'm not sure that there's any possible way to save the movie. But again, they're just purported. They're just some purported leaks that I stumbled upon. And um, if if... If those are true, I'm not sure how you can salvage this. But if they're not, I'm I'm still um, low expectations, high aspirations. That's kind of the that's kind of the the mood that I'm going into this film uh, with because I left the theater from The Last Jedi, frankly pissed off. I I was just all I was so excited to see that movie. That's the most excited I've seen uh, I've been to see a movie um, probably probably until, uh, until uh, Endgame came out earlier this year and to leave that theater with what in the world was that, Um, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to greatly exceed my uh, uh, expectations for me to be completely happy. But again, low expectations, high aspirations.
1: The thing with me is I'm very sympathetic because I'm not on this scale, but part of what I do for a living is tell stories and, and craft tales. Um, Ryan Johnson didn't leave him with much. And to me, I think that's the greatest fault of the Last Jedi. Is it's it's a very bad. It's a. I think it is a tremendous movie. It's a very bad sequel to the Force Awakens. It doesn't leave you. Where 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 would you go with this? You know, first of all, they had a terrible stroke of luck that wasn't their fault, and that. Um. Each of these movies was supposed to be a send-off to a member of the Star Wars trinity if you will, Luke, Han, and Leia. We're all supposed to get a grand send-off film. Han was given The Force Awakens, Luke was given the middle one, and Leia was given this one. Well, the problem with that then of course occurs when, you know, Carrie Fisher suddenly passed away 2 years ago. Right, I think it wasn't that like right after or right before The Last Jedi came out. Well, is when she not to mention, closed. she yeah.
0: wasn't in fighting shape to be in any of these right. movies as an actress. Right.
1: And I think that's, you know, you, now you look back on it in, in hindsight and, you know, the character Laura Dern plays, whose name I don't even remember, in, in The Last Jedi has this great heroic maneuver to save what's left of the of the resistance. Shouldn't they have put shouldn't that have been Leia's role to let her be the one?
0: Oh, that gets get, to make the great, I would have grand,
1: heroic sacrifice instead? Look,
0: looking back, I would have killed Leia in the first 15 minutes and then had it been just Han Solo waxing on how much he loved this woman and then Han Solo can go at it at the end of that movie. And I'm not giving him any excuses because you know what? If you get handed the Star Wars franchise, that's the gift that you don't You're get right any excuses.
1: That. You get zero from me. You're right about that. And the, the, I still believe the big mistake that was made here, and I've maintained this all along, Is that they didn't begin film, they didn't create where they wanted this story to ultimately go. Doesn't mean some things can't change. All right, Luke and Leia were not always brother and sister. That's why they're kissing like that in The Empire Strikes Back. Okay, Um, so there's some things that you can change, but but there was always going to be a meta narrative. There was always a meta narrative of where where it was always going to end with Luke defeating Darth Vader and the Emperor. That, that, That we knew how it was going to end and they never did that with this and and i think they opened themselves up to the uh, to a guy like ryan johnson taking way too much ownership of source material that doesn't belong to him and 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 doing what he wanted to do with it instead and i think that's if they had just, and i and, and and it's not like disney needed the money i guess if you if you spent 5 billion dollars on a property i understand why you suddenly feel like i better start seeing an roi on that thing real quick like but it's Star Wars. It's not like it wouldn't age well within one more year. Like, what if they had said, you know, we've still got the Avengers and everything else happening with Marvel right now. We're bringing back the Lion King and and Cinderella and uh, and Mulan and, uh, you know, the Jungle Book and all of these great classic, uh, you know, Aladdin animated tales. and We're putting these back into live action. It's uh-huh. not like we're short of yeah, franchises. So why don't we just take one year? We're going to take one year of our best creative minds Where do we want this new trilogy to go? And instead of putting it out in 2015, 2017, 2019, 2016, 2018, 2020, taking one more year to flesh out that story and then determining what you were going, you know, what the individual movies would be from there. Don't you think it would have made a big difference? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And as, I, as I'm listening to this, it, it makes even more sense just to let the Avengers thing even play out completely. You know, you could delay it by uh, a number of like buy sell or hold. You would be you would be more inclined to probably like these movies if they were coming out the first one. You know, episode seven is oh, yeah, coming buy. out next year. Yeah, like even next you know years after they acquired the property. I, or what, I if, think, what
1: if what if the, what if the, whatever the, the the first one was actually the one coming out this Christmas after yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. essentially had closure, and you, right think of and and wouldn't all the billing and hype be and this is where this this is Star Wars has come to rescue the fanboys. Yeah. Now that there's the end of an era with the MCU, right? Yeah. And no one knows what the hell the Eternals are, or why we're doing a movie about a Black Widow character who's already been killed. Okay, what's the point of any? Right. And and so here comes the old standard, uh, you know, what would the hype machine be for that? If that was if this was the first movie coming out right now after all of the Avengers. So undeniably game stuff. high. And I think I think that's the mistake that was made in the end is they is they weren't sure they didn't have a, a meta-narrative. They, they didn't know how to create a universe. And you got to keep in mind that a lot of Disney's successes, a lot of what it's most known for is not original material. Disney didn't create Cinderella. Disney didn't create Sleeping Beauty. Disney didn't create Aladdin. Okay? Disney didn't write the Jungle Book. Rudyard Kipling did. A lot of what Disney's most momentous successes have been have been either adaptations or derivatives. In fact, Aaron, I don't even know you if you know this. Do you have Disney Plus at your house yet? Yes. Okay. Have you have you gone through the, the selection uh, menu on Disney Plus and come across a movie called The Black Hole and ask yourself, what the hell is that? No. Nope. Have you seen that yet? Do you remember The Black Hole? Oh, yeah. And so what happened is Disney tried to create its own original sci-fi universe right after Star Wars in reaction to the success that 20th Century Fox had on its hands. And and all the studios tried to do this with either TV shows like Space nineteen ninety nine. Remember, they tried to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was there was an attempt to try to create a sci fi. Everybody tried to get a sci fi. There was a science fiction movie that Richard Thomas, the guy who plays John Boy in the Waltons, was in with George Propard, you know, uh, Hannibal from the A Team. What movie was that? Gosh, that, and I that movie's really bad, by the way. So every major studio tried to come up with their own version of how to tap into this market. Similar to how after The Exorcist, everybody wanted to tap into the demonic, satanic horror market. And, and for every Omen that was almost as successful as The Exorcist was, there were 3,000 other of these movies that were terrible and no one remembers. Okay, and, um, and the attempt that was made by Disney to tap into this was a movie called The Black Hole. And I, I sat down and tried to watch this with Noah uh, a, a, like the first weekend that Disney Plus was out just to get his reaction. He fell asleep in, after 20 minutes. And a lot of it, you're just like, what is going on here? Who are any of these? Ernest Borgnine is in it. You remember this yes. movie? The, I remember. No, they had, the, they had remember. the robot was... that was a little bit like yeah. Twinkie from the Buck Rogers TV right, show. I remember the robot. Okay? That's... I mean, it, the movie's bad. I mean, it's really bad. And so for all of Disney's great success, keep in mind, you know, they didn't write 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That was like the most popular ride at Disneyland for 20 years. They They didn't write that. Jules Verne did. Okay, so a lot of Disney's greatest successes have been adaptations of famous works that they brought to the big screen and made come to life or derivatives of stories that have existed in time and space right. and elsewhere that they just made they modernized for a contemporary audience they've not been that their track record of creating things from scratch that's kind of not been their jam and so i for whatever reason with star wars they didn't follow that template they didn't follow the adaptation or derivative template of being highly honoring of, of the source material here and make and we're tapping into a zeitgeist that has existed before we did. We do. So let's make sure that we nail all of these themes to just essentially farm Star Wars of all things with decades of mythos behind it to farm it out to free agency. I think that's the mistake that was made here.
0: Oh, completely. And they, so they either win way off the rails like Ryan Johnson did or just did in many respects a cardboard cutout which was the uh, uh, Force Awakens the the way that they nailed it is um um uh, Rogue One they, that Rogue One is the very first paragraph of the crawl of star wars they were mm-hmm. so faithful to the original source Boy, material. when you watch
1: rogue one i just watched it because yeah. i'm watching these in order now yeah, yeah. when you watch rogue one and then watch a new hope yeah. and you see how much it even looks like in the original star wars just the attention to detail gareth edwards took there that was phenomenal be, stuff
0: because they're so faithful to the the guts of the storyline and the look of it then when they get creative and add new character it works everyone feels right i mean they're just fantastic and
1: i i don't know why a jj abrams wouldn't have said i'm only going to take on this responsibility if we have a plan or or if you want me to just do the first movie okay but i need assurances that we're going to like follow up on the plot points i'm developing why wouldn't you have done that why, no one, I, no one, no one, Bob Iger, Kathleen Kennedy Townsend, no one at that entire operation thought, don't you think we ought to have an outline of where this is ultimately going here rather than playing it by ear, episode by episode? Who thought that? Why did they all that, think listen, that was a good idea?
0: I don't, something happened because that, that's why they got JJ after lost it it seemed perfect the right. and i know jj wasn't even in jj wasn't writing the stories of lost at the end he was
1: the, he was its original producer he was its right.
0: or, and he was around for a long time and at the end i think i mean he was still like tangentially like an executive something or yeah. wasn't he but he but but it was all there that you are the guy that makes the kind of thing in have. you can connect the dots and i don't jj just either did not take that as seriously over time as he thought he was going to at the beginning, I I, I don't know. I don't know how he th- he thought he could hand this thing over without doing at least that.
1: So let's let's do this. We've got about a minute here. Let's close this out. Let's each make make one big prediction of what we think we're going to see in the new movie. All right, one big prediction. Aaron, I'll start with you. The uh,
2: the emperor is actually uh, actually had himself cloned. Todd.
0: Everybody believes that by now I'm just, I I um do you, do you have one that's yeah.
1: yeah, I think cloning is going to be a major part of the plot, okay? And I think Ray is a clone. And I think I think I think Ray is a clone, I think Anakin is a clone. And I think these are all I think you're going to see that it was the emperor that was they gotta figure out what who the big bad is now that Snoke was summarily killed off. And you're gonna see that the Emperor that this was this he's he's been playing four dimensional chess all along, and that Ray is a clone, and so was Anakin Skywalker was a clone. That's why he had no real father. So
2: this is gonna be Bjork
1: on Celebrity Jeopardy. Everything. All this cloning.
0: I think we see Force Ghost Anakin
1: H- hating Christian. Yeah, so. I think we see that too. Maybe even see more than that. I could see Force Ghost Qui gon I think we could see yeah. that as well. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it. We're back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317.
0: This is Steve Dace.
2: On the Blaze Radio Network.